The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too Welcome, my brother, my brother, me, an advice show from the modern era. I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I'm your middlest brother, Travis of McElroy. I'm your sweet baby brother, Griffin McElroy. And amber is the color of our energy. We made it. To, Guys, we did it. What did we, I knew that this would come oh, around the bend. Now I see. Now what, we finally done did do? it. This is the one we got. Travis, look at the email you sent out about the show notes, and you tell me what we done Now, did. see, I tried to do a 7-Eleven branded episode, and you said no. But this happens, 3-11 branded episode? 7-Eleven happens every year. I mean, that's optimistic. <laughs> but, like, we'll probably get another one of those. This only happens once. It's 3-11, the episode. All right, well, now I'm just, like, taking an email full of questions and all the Yahoo answers I found and throwing them right in the dumpster, and I'm sh- shutting the dumpster and calling the dumpster company to come take it away. Well, just this keep is all our... of your 3-11-related Yahoo answers questions. Yeah, well, uh, there are a few of those. Uh, yeah. Um, what other songs did 3-11 do? Down. All Mixed Up? Was that them? Down. That was one of their hits, Down. right? Yeah. Let's establish some parameters before we get too deep on this. What's everybody know about 3-11? Um, I know that amber is the color of their energy. Whoa. I think they did bubbly toes. Okay. They did bubbly toes. Now, um, <laughs> a lot of people say, Justin, how do you uh, identify a, uh, a real artist? You know, how can, can you judge by their music? No, you can't. Can you judge by their look? No, yes, you can't. No. Um, what you can judge by is whether or not that they have sponsored a uh, NASCAR stock car as uh, 311 <laughs> for Jeb Burton in 2015. If you're uh, looking for it, look between the logos of uh, Dr. Pepper and Maxim Magazine, and right there you'll find the logo for the band 311. Oh my god, couldn't really afford a lot of car space, huh? No, not a big car space on that one. Can you pay to have somebody else's logo put onto a NASCAR? Yeah, it's kind of like how you can put buy somebody's name on a star. By the way, I did buy a name for a star, and I named it 311. You guys know which star? The Sun. (laughs) The Sun is named 311. It was crazy. Like I was on the Star Registry website, and they're like, pick a star. And I was like, let's just try the Sun. Nobody damn thought of it first. So now the sun's named 311. Please only refer to it as that. Cause it's a, and it's appropriate because it is the only source of light and heat in my life. So, do you think it's possible that Jeb Burton was looking at his car and he's like, all right, you guys put whatever you want on here. This one's for Jeb. Just fucking slapped him with 311. <laughs> that was just a sticker he picked car. up at a concert. That was yeah. not a sponsorship in any way. Could we pay to have 311 sponsor every car in NASCAR a little bit? So that um, no matter what car wins, it's the 311 car. Um, do you guys know about the rumor that 311 was a racist name for a band? Learning about this from um, 
from Yahoo Answers because K, the letter K is the eleventh letter of the alphabet, and so sure. three Ks would be KKK, and um, it doesn't necessarily seem to sort of align with the message of most of the band 311's songs, which mm-hmm. are mostly just a, sort of about chill beach vibes. Are they? Um, I'm not. For the most part, yes. Um, the actual origin of it is... <laughs> Wait, can a, I guess? Yeah, please. See if I know this? Is 311 the the police code for smoking weed? No, it is the police code for indecent exposure. You see, a man uh. named P-Nut... <laughs> They were skinny dipping in a Peter public Nutt. pool. Peter Nutt got arrested. He was cuffed naked and taken home to his parents. There he was issued for a citation for a code 311. We thought this was funny, so we took it as our band name. After the humor... Then we got famous after, and now we hate it. After the humor of the name wore off, you mean like 15 minutes later, we still kept it because we liked that it was just abstract and did not define us in any way. Cool. Okay. I mean that's true. I have ve- basically no impressions about Three Eleven yeah. as a band. I have no like concepts of that. I I do want to give them their propers though. I want to give them some credit. According to Wikipedia, their music is a blend of rock, reggae, hip hop, and funk. So God bless them. Yeah, because somebody had to read that and say, "Hmm, okay, good. <laughs> Let's uh, make a CD <laughs> out of it. <laughs> Let's what make it- a CD out yeah, of that. Yeah, here's some money." Here's some money. Let's we have make a, a ton CD of it, apparently. It's the 90s. We don't know what to do with money. We're children, tickling Fuck. ourselves with razors. Fucking Peanut was like, but I want to make a reggae CD. And <laughs> fucking Zach was like, nah, man, all rock for me. And he lowered his shades and started smoking. <laughs> you got your they, rock in my reggae. You got your reggae in my rock. So there are uh, other genres that they've been classified as are alternative rock, reggae rock, rap rock, funk rock, alternative metal, Jeez. and new metal. Alternative so and whatever, new metal, both of the metals, great. Whatever you're doing. You guys heard the story about how Amber came about, right? One of their dads had a cold, and he was trying to sneeze, and he went, whoa, 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 shoot! They're <laughs> <laughs> like, that was crazy. Can you do that again? He's like, yeah, sure. Whoa, 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 shoot! They just fucking recorded it, put that down on the track, put some reggae over it, baby. <laughs> Three Eleven has a a Caribbean cruise. No. Yep. The no. Three Eleven. It's called Three Eleven Caribbean Cruises. It's a partner between Three Eleven and Jonathan Colton. <laughs> uh, they had uh, Tom Green, mm. Doug Benson. Mm. Less than Jake. Oh my Revolution, God. Revolution. E- this actually sounds not bad. I would probably get on this cruise. This sounds all right now that I'm listening to it. What if they're really cool? They're probably pretty. Here's what I think. I actually believe this in my heart. I think that if you have had a big hit or two and then you've managed to have any level of like consistency uh, and and like can still maintain a career for music after that. You're probably a pretty decent human being. And not only like, that, I, not, I feel like that's the only thing that like propels I mean, you through. It may like be naive, but I feel the exact same thing, Justin. That I bet like you, people might turn their nose up and say like a Dave Matthews or a Sublime or a Three Eleven. But I bet if you got the chance to like chill with those dudes. It's probably chill as fuck. Well, no, because they'll, 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 they'll smoke you the fuck out for sure, Travis. Is that what you're... Yes. Agreed. And they'll also, like, show you the drawings that their, like, kids did. You know what I mean? Yeah, I bet yeah, that yeah. They're just, they're just people. I think they if seem you, like reggae rock funk stars. You know that all of people. their iPhone lock screens are, like, pictures of sweet pandas and stuff. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, that's hey before I unlock this to show you some of my kids' pictures that they drew, did you check this panda? Like, check oh, out this man, chill a good fuck one. panda. 
Um, it's a cool panda. I have to imagine if you grow up and you come out of Nebraska and your whole thing is we're gonna do a reggae rock band. You probably, I mean, you at least have some thick skin, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> you at least can take some heat. We're going to do what, some what? reggae new metal. Nebraska, are you ready, Nebraska, <laughs> to reggae new metal rock? Yeah. Um, so what a kind little of music, bit, I guess. What kind of music you guys into? Um, we're into a very steep uphill climb <laughs> for many years with very little recognition is what we're kind of all about. This band started in 1988 AD, the year of our <laughs> No. Get are you out. telling me that we are careening towards 30 years of 311? Happy third, 30th anniversary, 311. Wow. You're my favorite band. I 1988. This band was born the year after me. I remember the first time I heard 311, I was five. It changed my life. I just drank it in. Uh, let's do some advice, I think, for people. Oh, we have a special guest, um, this episode. Should we talk about that? Just, like, set it up, and then hit that ball right in the hole later? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, joining us to be a guest, Bert, and I know you're listening to this going, like, wait, another person's gonna be on the show? Yeah, we used to do that. It's been, like, two years, um, but we have, uh, a fantastic author, fantastic person, Patrick Rothfuss, uh, is gonna be on the show a bit later. Uh, but for now, let's do our thing. All right, here's our first question. Today on the train, I caught a woman taking a picture of me with her phone. Oh, boy. The weird thing is that after we made eye contact, she simply smiled and continued taking pictures. Oh, my God. Oh, the phone wasn't even muted, and I could hear the shutter noise of each picture. I thought that she might be taking selfies, but she followed me with her camera even after I moved a few rows down in the train. So my question is, what the fuck should I have done? Sincerely, Tom Cruise. Well, well okay, okay so that one is... That one's pretty obvious. Um, okay. Shutter with, shy in with, San Francisco, by the way. Without discussing it, I want each of us to say why we think this woman was taking pictures of this person. Okay, kind of a choose your adventure. I love it. Yeah, Justin, go. Art. Griffin? Um, maybe they looked like one of their friends, and they wanted to like text him a good picture of their face, but they kept like looking away or something. Or, or, or alternate second guess, just to, I want to hedge my bets. She's a pervert. Oh, see, I was going to say pervert. Okay. Um, You're going to end up taped to a wall with colored yarn stretching between you and pictures of weapons. And I don't know, maybe the Pope. Who knows? What if you get a, a uh, you're going to get a, a parcel, uh, uh, not through the Postal Service, because that leaves a trail. It's just going to show up on your door. And there's going to be a note that says, I believe this should be to your specifications. And it'll be a very tasteful suit jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I knew from the moment I saw you, I must I suit him to embroider you with my suitery. <laughs> Alternative explanation: It is your great great grandchild from the future. Travel back to capture pictures of the day that your whole life changed. Um, mm. Yesterday, I was at a pool party, and a man showed up who was very drunk, and he looked exactly like. Um, uh, Till Death Do Us Blart and Worst Idea of All Time uh, podcaster Guy Montgomery. The whole, like, ex- like a hundo percent DNA code splice. Like, God, I would have been so combo. fucking excited until I realized it wasn't him. I know. And I got a pool party and Guy Montgomery shows up. I know. Up? So I tried to, I, I thought in my head, like, it would be fun if I snapped a pic of this dude and, like, sent. Uh, a picture over Twitter to Guy Montgomery. I bet he'd really enjoy the Only the guy was wearing a Speedo, and he was really partying hard, and I worried, like, 
the photog sesh on that would be a little <laughs> uncomfortable. On that situation, hey, are stand not up ideal. for me, bud. Hey, get out of the pool and just like stand, towel off, bud, and just like, like <laughs> no, no, put that dick away. Hey, can you tooch? Can you tooch can your you booch? Tooch a your bit? booch and smize your thighs. And now our interaction is over, and I don't want you to speak to me anymore. Yeah, I don't right. actually know you. If you could stop, please. That's the problem. Is that this woman? I feel like there is an unspoken law in society that if you're sneaking a peek, whether it's a picture or just like scoping someone out of the corner of your eye, once you are caught, that exchange is done. Right? Well, you can. Well, you can only get so wet. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying that this is like a level of chaos in society that I'm not willing to accept. Oh no! Like, it's, it's don't get me wrong. It's twenty four seven purge out there, Travi. Okay. Because like I saw you do it. Like I know you're doing it. I'm looking at you while you're doing it, and you're continuing to do and it. You're just my doing only it. recourse, which is to notice you, has been weakened. Has failed. Yeah. So now what am I supposed to do? Confront you? <laughs> what? I mean, no. that's, that's the other thing is like, you didn't say stop, right? Like you didn't say, hey, cut it out. Can you stop? I'm going to have to confiscate that. And then muting, not muting it is this really This is the bad. thing. I wanted to touch on this real quick, Griffin. I want to make a push in 2016. If we can do nothing else, can we fucking cheese it with the camera noise when you take a pic? I believe that that has never been used to any purpose other than blowing up your spot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you think of a time you've ever been happy that that fucker went off? Or is it like constantly you know, your the, spot getting blown also, up every single we've time? Been, even before phones, we were using digital cameras. When was the last time a camera made that noise? Ever? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it doesn't make that noise. I was in a toilet stall doing my thing in there, having Pray. just having, having my fun. And... <laughs> I saw something very funny on my cell phone that I was looking at, and so I did a screen grab, only when you do a screen grab, it makes the camera noise. Thanks, Apple. <laughs> Thank you, Apple. So for the optics on that, or I guess the audio, the audio on that from my neighbor in the other bathroom stall, so I was having a little photo session in there, a little photog sesh. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, I think you may have told this story before. I don't think I have. Travis? Or maybe it's multiple times this has happened. Has this happened to you multiple times? It's probably have I like to I like to save my phone memories. My <laughs> internet memories that I have with my with my Twitter pals. Last night <laughs> I was I was looking up how to fight a gym in Pokemon Go, oh, how to do no. gyms, and I screenshotted the instructions and Teresa heard the camera go and said, Oh, what are you taking a screenshot of? And I you would have thought I was taking a screenshot of how to kill someone because yeah. I was like, oh, just directions for something. <laughs> don't, the, don't worry. It's nothing. We have a neighborhood Facebook group uh, that's actually been very uh, helpful for certain stuff and a nice little community bonding thing. And people have been talking about Pokemon Go like all the time. Apparently, like, all my neighbors are just going out for late night Zubat sessions. Um, <laughs> Is that that new exercise down at the gym? Yeah, but it's all adults. It is not children, and I'm wondering if we can sort of take Pokemon Go away from children, so I feel a little bit more comfortable running around catching my catching my Eevees and stuff. I uh, I took Charlie out this morning to go look for Pokemon, and she was so excited, and I put on her shoes, and um, we just went out walking and uh, just looking for Pokemon. I told her that's what we were doing, looking for Pokemon. And we walked for like 10 minutes without spotting a single Pokemon. Every 15 seconds, she's looking up at me like, well, any Pokemon yet, old man? I was sold the the bill of goods. 
answer is no i've never been more fucking humiliated as a dad <laughs> what like what more embarrassing thing is there like no i'm just wait i'm hoping miyamoto son is gonna drop me uh a uh, pokemon down here me and my baby girl are gonna catch it i'm really sorry sweetheart um do you can guys- i just pretended because she's a baby uh, we saw a squirrel, and I was like, there's oh, one. Oh, come on. We got Just one. Did. We got one. That's Let's something go she's going to talk in a therapy session about when she's, like, 22. That's more beautiful. That's, like, but this is the fuck thing that I'm t- saying to you. I was looking for digital imaginary Pokemon in my f- that only exists in my phone, and I and, and while my daughter and I were, like, traipsing around the neighborhood, I saw a squirrel. I was like, oh, fuck that. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> um, unless you can use Quick Attack. Get the fuck out. <laughs> um, you guys want to have some candy? How about a Yahoo? Yeah. Let me give this Yahoo to you. Oops. I opened up a best credit cards of 2016. I opened up an ad. Well. All right. Compare cards. And? To, it's the city simplicity. No late fees. At, wait a minute. These are. <gasps> That's a great deal. I'm going to get on board. great deal. You can get $1,000 instantly. What? Just for signing up? Holy shit. I just got. Somebody just gave me, emailed me 1000 bucks. Man, the no internet's a, attached. You see those ads and you think like this is this is uh they're trying to grift me, but no, I just got another thousand. That's two thousand. Um, this is by Yahoo Answers user. They're anonymous. Let's call them Purvis. Asks. Oh, it was sent in by level nine thousand. Yahoo Drew Drew Davenport. Thank you, Drew. By Drew Yachu also Answers. just sold me a Nintendo sixty four, so I appreciate Drew. Wow, really? Yeah. Any cart? Any carts? Any hot carts? I got. I got the Ocarina of Time. Oh, nice. Gold yeah. or regular gray? Just regular. But it's- I remember my gold version that Justin gave to his ex-girlfriend. That was fun and cool. Uh, anyway. <laughs> was uh, that the same day that you erased my Final Fantasy VII game? Or? Yeah, it's a circle of life. The circle of being a shitty brother. Uh, <laughs> this anonymous user who I have named Purvis asks, Why don't pets need jobs, but humans do? Good. Why- Question. Ooh. Why don't pets need jobs? People tell me to get a job, but why can't I be like a pet dog and sit around all day relaxing? That's another question that we need to circle back to. Can anyone explain why pets are excused? I mostly sit around playing video games or browsing the internet. I get called useless for not working, but my pet dog gets called adorable. You never call a pet useless to society. Why not? Aren't pets useless to society? Oh, yeah. They give humans comfort, but so do I. I give my, par- well, <laughs> I give my on, parents Purvis. comfort. And I get called mama's boy or childish. Why do pets get rewarded for doing things humans get shamed for? Update. I know it sounds kind of silly, but I'm serious. Update two. I know some pets do have jobs like police dogs or service pets, uh, but most pets don't really do anything except eat, sleep, go to the bathroom, and have fun. Simple I, life. This is I the- just, Okay, I want to draw one quick point of order. Um, your career aspiration is to be a pet. I am doubting you're bringing your parents a lot of comfort <laughs> on the daily. Maybe some light snuggling, or maybe you got them a cold drink. But I, I, on the on the bigger existential level, I'm, I bet you're providing the the absolute opposite of comfort to your parents. That's an excellent point, Justin. Are you putting in the comfort work that a dog does every damn day? Like those dogs are not being comforting ten percent of the time. Can we all agree that this is the prologue to a TLC show um, about I'm a man, uh, I'm a, living? Hello, I yes. am a man pet. Yes. You know, it was just one day I was sitting there and I, I just realized, like, this is what I aspire to. Like, why, why do pets get to have all the relaxation fun, you know? And this now I a, live my life as a comfort dog. Is there a career opportunity there? If I ate food, if I ate the same food every meal... 
and it was relatively inexpensive, like a mm-hmm. kibble, but not a kibble because I—that's gross. Um, but like Luna, but like Luna, like tricks. or Luna bars. If I just ate tricks, Luna bars tricks. every meal, and you knew, just like let's—we need to get a thirty-six pack of Luna bars. This will keep Griffin for a week, <laughs> and then I would just like roll up. You'd feed me a Luna bar three times a day, and I would just like roll up on the couch and just like put my belly on you. And that's yeah. it. Like, I wouldn't do any, I wouldn't work. I would just eat my Luna bars. I would go to, first of all, oh my God, I would beat the shit out of a dog. First of all, I've been one, so I know, like, the tactics. Second of all, like, if you tell me, like, shut the fuck up, we're trying to sleep, I'd be like, oh, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. I'm just going to get myself one more Luna bar, an extra one, because I've been a real good boy today. And then I'm, I'm also going to go to this sleep. This is a, a good point, because the thing I like best about my dog is that she is both there and often non-intrusive to my life. So she's, like, there hanging out. So I know there's, like, another living being accompanying me through this journey we call life at all times when I am home. But also she's not, like, asking me questions or trying to talk to me while I'm playing video games. If I could have that in a human being, just, like, pay someone to, like, just hang out and keep me safe and bark when someone tries to break into my home. But also, like, they don't need anything from me other than for me to occasionally be like who's a good boy and then i'm back to Overwatch. see i can do that too like all i need are my luna bars and you tell me that i'm looking great today i i don't know how to break this to you guys but there are human beings in this situation and they're called babies okay babies are in this situation we have all of us experienced the exact scenario that is being discussed here and we decided okay i've had my fill I want to get my own Luna bars. I want to go get a job. It's it's baffling in hindsight. We've all made terrible mistakes no, yeah, that have gotten that us was, to this point. That was sick. Yeah, it was sick. It was awesome. Like, yeah, it was great. We That's, were all human pets at one point. Jesus, Justin, you've blown the lid off of this because I can remember a time when I was like 16, 17, 18, and all I wanted to do was get out there on my own and own my own way and earn it for myself. Like, that was some trophy. It was like a lie that had been taught to me for 18 years that, like, I that it, what I really needed to do was get out from under my parents' wing. Now all I want to do is get back under there. If, if sure. Dad could just take care of me forever while I played mm-hmm. video games and didn't have to do shit, I work a hard life podcasting. It's exhausting. Yeah. This is the important thing, though. You can't play video games. You have to watch, like, what Dad's watching. That's the you know? thing. I guess like, that's true, because Buttercup doesn't get to play video games. She has right. to watch she goodies when I watch TV. goodies. But the thing is, Dad's always watching, like, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and now I'm like, yes, feed me my Luna bars, <laughs> and let's go on a Deep Space Adventure, Nine. <laughs> got our ninth deep space adventure together that's fucking that's oh man can is it too late to become an adult baby i would need to do some research to figure out where the circles uh, operate that i can really ingratiate myself because i feel like i would need to earn a little bit of cred so the next time i rolled up like whoa griffin you're kind of you kind of look like an adult baby right now i can i can be like yes i've been a member of this circle for a while now respect this you have to slow slope into adult baby. You can't just go from like wearing, you know, a button up and khakis to diaper. Yeah. You gotta like maybe you start wearing a pacifier on a ribbon around your neck. Well, that seems And people are like, in. huh. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know what probably this... a better option, but I don't know what the first step is. I don't I wonder what the supply and demand optics are right now on like adult team like adult babies. Like, is there a lot of positions sitting open or is it very competitive, do you think? 
Well, let me I check th- on Craigslist real quick. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's oh, so God. competitive. No, Holy no. shit. Anything but that. What? You need three years' experience just to apply for how this adult team baby position? How am I supposed to get the experience of a baby? Wait a minute. I do have three years' experience being a baby. I have yep. at least seven. It took me a while to get <laughs> over the hump. <laughs> you know what I I'm... I was a body trained until I was seven. That's not true. <laughs> That's a, just a goof for the podcast. That's a goof for the podcast. I was six. <laughs> um, so we, we're very excited. Uh, I'm going to jump in here, take a little break from the old questions. Um, we're going to do a pre, a pre money zone, money zone, real quick. Yes, a, a pre promo promo. Um, if you've ever played the game Monikers or know of the game Monikers, you know that it is extremely fun and exciting. It's one of our favorite games, one of our favorite party games. And we are partnering with them to do a My Brother, My Brother, Me slash McElroy collection of Monikers cards, specifically relating to the McElroys and McElroy family of shows. Um, here is here is a thirty second rundown on Monikers. If you haven't played it, it's really really fun. You, your team draws cards, and then you look at your card, and you have to guess. You make your teammates guess what the card says just by talking about it. That's first round. Second round, use the same batch of cards, but you can only say a single word, and you have to get your team to guess it. And then the third round, you just can use actions, no words at all, to make them guess the word. And whoever gets the most cards after three rounds wins. And so the cards we, are weighted uh, with extra points for more difficult ones, and easier ones are worth less points. And it's fucking great. It's 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 a super super fun game, and it's th- we're really excited because uh, we have just to give you an idea. I'm gonna read through a few. We've got like specific Bim Bam ones like Bramble Pelt, Corn Cowboy, uh, Griffin's Ghost, who wants his internet history deleted, King Nugget, etc. Torsi, etc. Uh, we've also got general ones that people who don't listen to the show could do, like regular size Scott Bagula or Mr. Belvedere or a Haunted Dollar, Austin Powers, etc. Uh, and then we have ones related to some uh the other shows in the McElroy family of podcasts, like Adventure Zone, Sawbones, Schmanners, Trends Like These, Bunker Buddies, Rose Buddies, uh, and then about it, people involved with each of those shows. Uh, so there's a ton of cards. Um, I think like 112, something like that yeah. in all. And we have written the card text for every single one we wrote ourselves, which was a significant expenditure of energy, but it was really fun to do because we've never done anything like that before. So that was cool. Now here's the deal with it. it this is an expansion of monikers. The base game of monikers, if you have it, you can buy this expansion and it costs you 10 bucks and then you can get the whole expansion in a cool looking package and uh, and what all if you don't have monikers already you can go to mcelroycollections.com mcelroycollection.com singular and that's actually where you can pre-order the uh, uh expansion as well but if you go to mcelroycollection.com you can uh uh pre-order the card set and also a set of monikers so you'll have everything you need to uh start playing you can, um, you can also play it standalone it's just they're it's more fun with more cards and the base set has like a ton of cards and is really fun and we should also uh, be clear we're only selling this at pre-order at this point. right I, we're not after, once the pre-order is done there won't be it, more it will not be we don't have plans to sell it right now we don't have plans to sell it as a standalone thing after the pre-order the pre-order is going to be we may do way. a second run way down the road or something like that but for the like you will not be able to like at least the plan currently you will not be able to order these you will there will be 30 days of pre-ordering and then that's it um and they should be in uh before uh 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 christmas by the holidays so like i uh, november possibly october but 
definitely, you know, by the by the holiday shopping season, you should have them in your hot little hands. Go to McElroyCollection.com, and at the very least, check out the amazing art that's going to be up the box. It oh, makes me so very good. happy every time I look at it. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's worth it just to look at that. McElroyCollection.com. Pre-order that. You have 30 days. We'll try to remind you a couple times. Oh, one other thing. A portion of sales from this are going to go to an organization called Grow Huntington. Uh, that actually is a uh, uh, an urban farm that is uh, spool- spinning up here in Huntington to uh, assist people who uh, are are uh, in drug addiction recovery uh, and are using farming as sort of a, a therapy to help them with that. And that's a really cool organization uh, here in Huntington. And we're we're uh, a portion of every sale goes to them. So uh, you're helping out a good cause too. Let's go to that money. Sponsored in part this week by Casper. Um, we've talked about Casper before. They make amazing mattresses. My wife and I sleep on one, and I can't imagine ever going back to any other form of mattress other than I used to sleep on those old, like crappy spring mattress things that dug into you and made sleeping a chore. Casper makes sleeping a dream, and that's a blurb that they can put on the box, like video games. Um, it's a very, it's and- kind of a confusing blurb because, like, Casper you, makes sleeping a dream. That's a fucking pull quote, Griffin. That's amazing. Okay. Are you kidding me? It's clever. It's witty. Okay, it doesn't matter. Just trust me. It's really great. And they have a risk-free trial and return policy. You can sleep on a Casper mattress for 100 days. Um, and then if you don't like it, it, there's painless returns and free delivery. So I, I highly recommend it. And I wouldn't just say that because they are sponsoring the show. I would say that if anybody asked me because it's my favorite mattress I've ever slept on in my entire life. And because you are my brother, my brother and me listener, you can get $50 off towards any mattress, which are already a great deal. And you're going to find them cheaper than at any of those, you know, big mattress stores because they cut down on their overhead. They save you money and we're going to save you money. $50 towards any mattress. Go to casper.com slash my brother and use the promo code my brother, all one word at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. I want to tell you about Club W. Here's my tagline for them, as long as we're generating these. Wine is fine. It's pretty good. So Club W, what they do is they will send you wine. And they're going to figure out what kind of wine is going to be good for your special snowflake of a tongue. Um, and the, all the different buds on there. Um, you, you fill out a quick little questionnaire, and then based on that, they, they figure out what kind of wine you like, and then they send it to you. Right now, Club W is offering listeners 20 bucks off your first order when you go to clubw.com slash mybrother. And it gets better. You don't have to pay for shipping. They'll pay for your shipping on, on orders of four bottles or more. And of course you're going to order four bottles. What's the point of getting like, <laughs> I'm going to order one bottle off the inner, oops, it's all gone. I watched, a I, single, I watched a single episode of The Bachelorette, and I drank all my wine. Dang it. Because uh, I needed it. I needed it to get through this show. I was just going to say that that's not because I don't like The Bachelorette. It's just an extreme, intense show. I just wanted to make that no, clear. No, yeah. You need something to I don't it. want another fish gate happening. Um, just take something off your to-do list. Go to clubw.com slash mybrother. Get 20 bucks off your first order right now. That's clubw.com slash mybrother. I got a personal message for us. <laughs> It's from Mick Drunk, who says, hi, guys. Thanks for the goofs. Now, this is a short message, so I want to make sure you actually get every word right, because it's actually, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for there the goofs. There were six thanks words, and you blew one. You, you did screw up right. one of them. That's like an 18.6% repeating. 
but since the message is to us, we've already consumed it. Like the fact, I mean, it's there. Oh, you you're right. It. We shouldn't have read this out loud. This was just for us. This, this was is not a private message. Is it? Uh, this is a one hundred dollar DM that was sent to us by McDrunk. <laughs> Honestly, we should put a breathalyzer on the jumbo truck. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my god, it would cut the number down by at least seventy well, percent. Especially when you consider that. Actually, especially when you consider that we're sold out six months in advance. Yeah, that McDrunk probably bought this in mm, January. <laughs> They've probably been dreading this moment for half a year. Yeah. Hey, good. C- congratulations on the confrontation of your darkest demons. I have a message, another one from for uh, AJ Cluck, and it is from D Money. And it says, for the McElroy brothers, thank you for making my favorite person laugh with your internet chit chat. You are blessed to have his precious Canadian ears listening every week. I thank you very much. For AJ. You are the absolute coolest. Thanks for being my best friend. Happy fake Valentine's Day. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, seven eleven. The fake Valentine's Day every year. That or we beefed it on the timing. So maybe the baddest we've ever beefed. Yeah, we're like at the inverse. We're very, very far off. It's hate day. What's the opposite of Valentine's Day? Six months later. Here's some butt chocolates. I don't even know what those are. <laughs> Here's some um, here's some nails. Here's some cigarette butts in a nice decorative heart-shaped box. Um so good for all that for both of you, AJ and D Money. May you live happily ever after, I guess. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. Uh, we are now going to uh, share with you our interview with Gespert Patrick Rothfuss. Uh, even if you aren't familiar with his work, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. There's a lot of uh, interesting discussion about parenthood and creating stories, and he's just a really cool fella, and we really enjoy talking with him, and I think you're going to enjoy that. Uh, but we will uh, be back with you right after that interview, which is... Take it away, us from four days ago. I, I'm very excited, ladies and gentlemen, to introduce our guest, our special guest spurt on this episode. Uh, I've been a fan for many, many years uh, of his work, to the point where my friends and I would have like conspiracy theory-level discussions on what we thought was going on in the stories, and I know that that is not uncommon. We are joined this week by i i'm gonna say at this point i'm just gonna go ahead and say legendary author patrick <laughs> rothfuss author of the king killer chronicles um and regular fixture on the uh the dungeons and dragons wizards of the coast podcast uh acquisitions incorporated member just general kind of cool internet nerd dude welcome patrick hey there sorry now, that Tra- sorry that Travis felt the need to label you like that Jeez. yeah Jeez. I just I like to know who my people are at any given. It makes me feel safer. I will say I'm, I am more comfortable with internet nerd than legendary uh, fantasy author. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now uh, legendary uh, makes me feel like a little bit of a collector. Master of the quill. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, a quick Google of you. Uh, uh, according to <laughs> according to Google, you are influenced by, and these are the the only two it says, William Shakespeare and George R. R. Martin. So does that about sum it up? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Is it just those two? If I was, yeah, that's pretty much, those are the only two things I've ever read. 
I'm gonna smoosh uh, these bad boys together, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you got your George R. R. Martin and my Shakespeare. You got your Shakespeare and my George R. R. Martin. Yeah, pretty much just the histories of Shakespeare and uh and only the second and the fourth Martin books. Um <laughs> Did it make as much sense as if you had just read them from the beginning? I I wonder what metric, what weird fucking Google thing pulled up those as my influences. Like, how the hell did that happen? It does say, I will say, it says comma more. So there are other. <laughs> also, Judy Bloom. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, we have a big list of questions here. Travis, you curated these. How many? How many? Uh, how many jerks did we get asking about? Book three, and did you put those jerks in the garbage? <laughs> I did. I threw those jerks right away. I burned them off the internet like a wart. Um, so we won't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, all the questions, uh, we asked you some topics you felt comfortable giving advice on, and you said storytelling and parenting. Um, so we've got an interesting grab bag of those two sets. Let's start off. We've, we've uh, had to start like putting those like expertise areas out there because I, I think we had like – uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, author of Eat, Pray, Love, on on the show, uh, dear friend of the family, uh, and everybody's like, my garbage disposal is broken. How do I fix it? <laughs> oh man, now, I really missed out. I now, why loved. did we in turn go ahead and ask her that question? That's a fun. I mean, we could have at any point stepped in and not done that. But listen, we there were did. there were a lot of steps in that process that we fucked up. <laughs> we did bad. We get that. We get that now. And now Elizabeth Gilbert won't talk to us anymore. I understand that we did bad. But here's the first question. I've never okay. held a baby, and me and my wife are trying to conceive. I'm genuinely worried that I'm going to hold the baby wrong. What would be the best way to hold a newborn, in your opinion? That's from Nathan and Yukon, and, like, two of the three brothers on this show right now. Yeah. Also, yes. Oh, are, are you, like gearing up for for babying uh, yeah travis and i are both uh and with our respective wives we are both expecting we're not expecting with each other in some sort of weird incestuous <laughs> junior situation um, it's uh it's worth noting patrick before you hop in i do have a two-year-old so they could have fucking asked me at any point but that's fine you we'll know wait here's till we the get thing that we're word, grown legendary wordsmith to- patrick Rothfuss on the show and he'll tell you how to hold a baby we're grown-ass adults and sometimes it's really uh disheartening and kind of embarrassing to go how do i hold a tiny human so you know, how do you is i will say actually i'm going to come to your defense there's not generally speaking there's not a community uh you know of guys talking about being dads you know <laughs> culturally women get together it's valued you know in 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 the culture women feel free to ask these questions share information but it's not a typical dude thing now what i've discovered is that geek dudes we we like to do everything to the best of our ability and we like to mine for data and so we're an interesting subsection of the the population um and so there is a lot of of like geek dad talk um but uh, anyway, with, with holding a baby, and here, I'm, I'm sorry, this will be irritatingly frank advice, uh, which is kind of boring. But the most important thing is to get in there because mm. the baby's going to get born. You're going to be freaked out. And you're going to be thinking exactly what everybody thinks. They're going to be like, oh, no, I'm going to fuck it up. It's, it's, this is such a like essential part of it. But this is one area in which... Um, like, I, I think we have it not great off, and that is that 
parenting books and like baby books aimed at oh, dudes God. are almost invariably the fucking pits like without any useful information whatsoever the stuff in these books is like make sure to build yourself a man cave that the baby's not allowed in that you put all your football trophies and dude you're getting a dad the book that i read and encouraged you it said you probably have a hard time connecting with your unborn baby and it suggested drawing football plays on your pregnant wife's stomach and explaining them to the fetus to encourage some sort of basic human connection and i'm like and i'm like which bones in there do I need to not touch because they're crazy baby bones and they're super weak? And if I touch it while holding it wrong, like I lose. Well, I think what Patrick is saying, if I might uh, paraphrase, there's no wrong way to hold a baby. Well, no. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, no. Now, actually, I, <laughs> what, what I will say, and, and as you will quickly learn, I lack the ability to make simple declarative statements. Every Every question that I respond to, if not everything that I fucking say, ends up being a little story. So here's the story. Um, I'm in the delivery room. I've been on Team Baby. I've been minding my position, right? Because in the delivery room, you are not the fucking captain of the ship. And you are not the first mate. <laughs> and you're, just, you're like way down. You're the, like, you're the uh, poor orphan that's stowed away in the, in the basement <laughs> of the ship, hiding in a, hiding in a, a, a discarded gin barrel, hoping you're not discovered. <laughs> just trying yep. to get to the new world. At best, you're some sort of bosun, you know, like the enforcer. <laughs> um, and so baby gets born and I have an amazing midwife there who's helping out. Uh, which is a whole different story, you know, because the first thing is you got to cut the umbilical cord and she goes and she hands me the scissors. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, I'm fine. This has been a great experience. I'm full of all sorts of emotions. But like, you know how to do this and I'm a fucking idiot. So how about you use the surgical implement and I will just stand here. And she and she handed it to me and she goes, do it. And so I did it. You know, and I'm like, okay, I did it. She was right about my capabilities. I could do this. First thing, of course, you get the the baby on the mom's chest, so the baby gets skin to skin contact. Super important. Um, and then after a little bit, uh, I did get a chance. And my what I said was, oh no, no, that's okay. Let's get a bunch of that skin to skin. Let's leave the baby on the mom. <laughs> but all I was doing was like, I don't know. I don't want to do it wrong. That's the fear. And and so she said, do it. And she puts the baby in my arms and I'm super careful. And that's how I started doing it. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. But you can't start getting good at it until you start. And so you got to start like fucking hour one. Get in there, hold it, and then you'll start. You, you'll be a fucking pro inside of uh, three months. You'll, you'll learn the upside down. You'll learn the leg over the top. You'll learn the backwards. Mm-hmm. You'll learn the, you'll lay them on the left-hand side. They fart better. Yeah. Um, what? Really? Does that work for adults, too? <laughs> See, skin-to-skin uh, skin was your was your first mistake, Patrick. You gotta go skin-to-football. I had my baby <laughs> on a football. The moment she was born, she was lying on a football just to get that connection between her and football, which I love so much. I was, of course, referring to a pigskin. A pigskin, oh, yes. naturally. Very good. Naturally, it's good. You could do the skin to skin uh, as a dad too. Don't be afraid, guys. Take that shirt off. Get some skin to skin going. It's good. <laughs> no matter what the doctor or midwife says. Yeah, I mean, not right away. You can do skin to skin for a long time. 
Yeah. And honestly, uh, I mean, here's your interesting science fact. You, uh, if you put the baby on the mom, if the baby is too hot, the skin-to-skin contact, the mom's body will regulate the baby's body temperature. That's baby's, crazy. Baby's too, it is. This is fucking – like this is why we've survived as a species. The baby's too cold. The mama actually heats up and warms up the baby. But here's the, here's the tricky bit. If the baby is too hot, the mom's body cools down to bring the baby's body temperature down. What? Yeah, yeah. What does my body do? What, what? Well, and here's, <laughs> you get you get half of that. Okay, you're not, you know, you're not, you know, Wolverine. You don't get the full suite of powers, but you you're like Dazzler, right? Okay. Um, you know, where if you have the baby on your chest, you know, skin to skin, if the baby is too cold, a dad's body will warm up and warm up the baby, but you don't get the other side where you can cool it down. So okay. it's half the powers. Dads aren't cool. You heard it here first. Well, um, only half the I, I think we all knew that already. Um, can I read one off this list? Yes. We got a bunch. And I really only want to hear about the stuff that's interesting to me. That's a pro interviewer <laughs> tip that I learned from Barbara Walters is the one who does the interviews. Um, I'm sl- I've sl- been slowly building a world for use in DMing or maybe try my hand at writing short stories. When it comes to creating a world from scratch, what was your first step or maybe baseline, i.e. geography, religion, world events, Brian? Oh, I'm sorry. Brian is the person who has that. You got to get a good Brian in there, and then you sort of spiral out from there. I think a lot of people are looking for a recipe, um, which is very understandable. You're kind of – you want to do a good job at this thing, and so you're like, how do you make a good fantasy world? And – what happens a lot of times is people look to the classics. Uh, you look to Tolkien because he's, you know, like granddaddy Tolkien has this, uh, he's, his shadow is long over the fantasy world. And, and so people look at that and they go, okay, you need a bunch of poetry. You need a bunch of fake languages. You need mythology. You need a big history that goes back 5,000 years. But here's the thing. That's not what makes a good fantasy world or a a good world of whatever sort you're creating. What made that good is that Tolkien was a huge geek for all of those things. He studied the the like Norse Eddas and he was a linguistics nut and he loved history. And so, of course, all of those things that he was super passionate about, you know, informed the world that he was creating. But odds are you are not all of those things. So if you try to follow Token's recipe, you're just not going to know as much about those things and uh, you won't be as excited about them and that passion won't show up in the world you're making. So generally speaking, I mean, in my world, there's a lot about economy and about coinage and money. And Mm -hmm. that's because I'm kind of a geek for that stuff. There's a lot about like religion and philosophy because I'm kind of a geek for that. Um, some sociology and psychology, a lot of hard science because I was almost a chemical engineer. Um, those things, you know, are what kind of make the cornerstones of my world. But nobody ever says, where's all your elf poetry, Rothfuss? Because you need that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, at least not so, to your face. <laughs> not to my face, right? Whenever I, I start a new uh, reading, a new fantasy series, I'm always impressed uh, that it always seems like they put so much thought into how magic works in their specific world. 
Is that is that a good because that's one of my favorite things about the the King Killer Chronicles is like the explanation of sympathy and like how magic works specifically in the world you've created. Is that a good base point for a fantasy writer or is that something that comes out of the world you've built? Um, it definitely has a big impact on the world. And if you are interested in it and if you like it, then absolutely you should you should do that. It's really interesting to note that Tolkien doesn't do any of that, mm-hmm. you know, and like those books are fairly successful. They've done it. You know, uh, and but think about it. Like, what do you know about what Gandalf can do? He can Nothing. blow a smoke ring and then put a ship in it, I think. Right. Well, that's not that's not magic. Like, look at any vape tricks compilation video that's like (laughs) goes viral on Facebook and like people are doing way crazier shit than that now. (laughs) But like he like actually Gandalf is kind of crap in terms of the magic department. You look at the Hobbit. What does he do? He like makes a couple of like flashes and sets pine cones on fire. Mm -hmm. Big deal. I could do that. But, you know, there's no big magic system there. You um, you may and, have just ruined those books for me because now I'm thinking back at like all this stuff like wait he turned gray and then he turned white what did why why did that <laughs> why did he do this why did this happen yeah he not he had a there was a big monster on, uh, coming at him and uh, Balrog you know what he did he knocked himself off a bridge he broke a bridge he was on good, good job ma- good, hey, good magic bud <laughs> good magic get your shit together Gandalf geez yeah do something hey Patrick <laughs> I, I understand starting a fantasy world with what I like but what if I only like garbage. I can't very well build a fantasy world about discontinued serials, which is the only thing I'm interested in. <laughs> you know, I I would argue that I would I would love I would maybe not a fantasy world, but I could see a dystopian future. Yeah, where that's the currency. Yeah, it's three see, three go. three crunch berries to a to a booberry. <laughs> Um, I can't tell if Justin's joking or not because we've been taught we the the three of us with our dad we do a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that I DM. Um, and we've talked about like when my campaign is over, us taking turns trying the DM mantle on it. And Justin, you seemed to prickle at the thought of 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 building a fantasy world. I'm wondering how I much truth like there is to you there, it's being afraid infinite of truth, Griffin. It's 100 percent truth. I feel like I don't have a creative bone in my body as far as that stuff goes. I I, I just don't have you know. Not every the the world needs farmers too, Griffin. Not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just too busy world. working the land to, to get in there and make up a D and D campaign. I, I watch, watch me, watch me bridge this, guys. This is the best segue I've ever performed in my life. Um, I, I, I really want to back that up. My two boys, because I got one who's six, one who's two, and I tell little stories with with the older boy, and a lot of them are. You know, you could call them collaborative storytelling, but what I'm really doing is I'm role playing without the dice. You know, and I put him in a situation, and I say, "You find a cave, and you know, you go into the cave, and what do you do?" And then he gives answers, and I I tell the story. Um, and I always kind of was hoping that he would take off more and more and t- tell the stories himself, but he doesn't like that. He likes being the character in the world. Now, my littler boy, who's only two and a half, you give him the slightest starting point and he will like launch into telling a story. Uh, My daughter is almost two. Currently, she's only interested in ingesting Pee Wee's Playhouse. So the uh, the pretending in our house currently is 100 percent 
Pee-wee's Playhouse themed. Uh, I portray uh, Terry and Captain Carl when I can find the hat. My wife is <laughs> Cowboy Curtis, and my daughter is Pee-wee sometimes, and also Miss Yvonne when I feel like going to find the dress that she has to wear to be Miss Yvonne. So yeah, it's great. It's it's actually like makes my life super weird because sometimes I walk in my room to talk to my wife, and my wife's not there. Cow, cowboy Curtis is. <laughs> So I got to talk through. Well, it sounds like you, you already started a, a really cool DM session, Justin. Yeah. We have a question here from Andy. Uh, do we have a responsibility as parents to sometimes deliberately frighten our children with scary stories, movies, video games, etc.? That's a great question. And I'm so torn to give like some really bad advice here. <laughs> there's, I don't think there's good advice to be. Ha- yeah, man. I'm not going to lie to you. There is a huge amount of delight to be gained by terrifying your chill, your child. Um, you know, like, especially if, if you're in a bit of a mood or they're being like a little bit of a dick, that will happen. I mean, we love our kids, right? But they can still be dicks. Well, I sure. love my brothers and they're dicks all the time. <laughs> and he spooks us. He sends me pictures of ghosts like every day. <laughs> and so uh, here's, here's a, a great example of maybe I can show you the good and the bad. You know, we're, we're all, in bed, Sarah uh, still sleeps with the boys. Um, I don't because I'm huge and the bed isn't big enough. And uh, so we're all in bed. I'm, we've been reading some stories. It's time for sleep. And Sarah, you know, says to the older boy, uh, says to Oot, uh, okay, you know, go pee. It's time for bed. And, you know, it's nighttime. And it's really easy to forget as an adult how terrifying the dark is, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, come with me, come with me. And I'm like, you know, it's down the hallway. You can turn the lights on. You can do it. And it's important for him to get a, get over this a little bit. Sarah has worked out a compromise where she'll let him go, but she'll tell him a story so he can hear her voice. And that's reassuring. And it gives him enough so that he can go and turn on the lights and, and be brave and to practice being brave. And so he goes, will you tell me a story? And I go, and I go, sure. And so he starts to go and he's, I I hear his little feet going off. I go, once upon a time, there was a little boy and he lived in a house with a thousand ghosts made of bone. (laughs) (laughs) And I hear him go, go, ah, and, and like then like his feet as he's running back into the room and he jumps onto the bed. And, and I laugh and he's like, dad, and it's okay. You know, this was a play. It's play we're doing. And so then I go, okay, I'm sorry. And he, so he gets up and he starts going again and he goes, he goes, no bones in the story. And I go, okay, I'll tell you a story but with no bones. And I go, okay, once upon a time, there was a boy and there was a ghost that ate pee and it was under the floor <laughs> and it lived near the toilet and he comes running back, you know? And it turns into this big joke. He keeps going and I keep telling him a story about a pee ghost that lives in the floor and it would come up when he pees in the toilet and it's going to get his pee. Just want to just want to say real quick that ghosts that eat pee, you are completely on brand right now, Patrick Rothfuss, for the <laughs> Mabim Bam sort of milieu. And so and then finally, I've told too many of these stories. I legitimately freaked him out. And then he says... And then he's like, he's just not going to do it anymore. And Sarah's like, okay, you, you fucked this up. Go. You know, you have to walk him to the bathroom now. I'm not getting out of bed because you've made a mess of this. 
So I go and we go into the bathroom and, and he pees. This has been fun. This has been a ton of fun. It's playful. And I'm in the bedroom or I'm in the bathroom standing behind him. And it occurs to me how hysterical it would be to like just do a little like, ah, you know, and maybe grab him a little bit oh. and maybe tickle him a little oh, bit. No. I have the foresight to not do this while he's peeing, right? Because I don't want to clean that up. He finishes peeing. And then I just, I, again, very gently, because I know my boy and he can get spooked pretty easy. He's, he's very gentle. And so I do just a little one. I get down and I get like my, my fingers on his ribs and I go, wah. But instead of him just having a little jump and a squeak, he screams bloody murder and completely curls up into a ball. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, I failed. I've really failed as a dad. And Sarah's like, what the actual hell is going on in there? And so I pick him up and I'm like, and I sit down on the floor with him and I'm like, oh, my sweetie, I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought that would be funny and it wasn't funny. And and he's like, that was not oh you know, he's like, that was dad, that was super scary. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, that was not fair. I shouldn't have done that. And you know, and he hugs me and we go back in and and I'm at this point, I'm like, he's gonna remember this. And when I'm in the hospital as an old man, this is the memory he's going to flash back to, you know, this is he's going to put me in a home because, uh, you know, because I betrayed his trust here. But we get back and I'm, I'm thinking I'm the worst dad ever. And the next day it's I'm still still dwelling on it. And I, I bring it. I go, you know, I am super sorry that I did that. Um, you know, I, I, I want you to know I won't do that. And he goes. I go, I thought it would be funny. He goes, you know, Dad, it was a little bit funny. Oh, that's a Uh, cool kid, man. I would not have let you. I would have seen how many Nintendo 64 cartridges (laughs) I could have shucked out of that situation. Yeah. I I think it's super important to be just honest with them. And if, you know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to use them as a confessional. But I think it's really helpful when you screw up. If you say, boy, I just made a, a big mistake and I'm so sorry. You know, modeling that behavior for them is 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 really helpful. I think the, the tricky um, thing I feel like is you don't know which of those little spooky goofs is gonna like get it deep in their brain and then be which a is thing gonna be the phobia scare, right, right? Like we got Christmas nineteen ninety six, McRoy household got a Sony PlayStation. What's up? Best Christmas ever. Uh, except <laughs> the games that we got were Resident Evil, Resident Evil, and Blood Omen Legacy of Cain. So like yeah. nine <laughs> nine year old Griffin was like, cool. I'm just gonna like. Uh, I know I have the first bedtime, so I'm just gonna probably just like chill and sit at the top of the <laughs> stairs while I can still see the light coming from the first floor hallway and just like the comforting voices of my family before I go to bed. And we'll definitely be like you know eviscerated or eaten. <laughs> Um, I still remember. Why do all of our fears center around video games? I remember the American Final Fantasy three with Palom and Porum turned to stone to stop spoil- walls spoilers. from crushing you. Yes, yeah, spoiler, spoilers. Sorry, and like that was my fear until I was like eighteen that I would be crushed by walls or turned to stone. Travis, that was that was American Final Fantasy two, Final Fantasy four in Japan. Sorry, sorry, but I just want to get ahead <laughs> of the tweets. Just want to get ahead of the tweets. Justin, do you want to talk about your phobia or another question? 
Uh, no, I've I've detailed my phobias in excruciating. Uh, Justin's afraid of fiction. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm afraid of creativity in all its forms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, burn, burn it from the earth, I say. Uh, I want to do this last question. Does that sound good to you guys? Yeah, or do go you want to do? Okay. Uh, how do you balance working on so many projects from home and raising two kids? I know two of the brothers McRoy are expecting, and the other already has a little one, so I feel it's a discussion everyone could weigh in on. That's from Mish. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, so here. Well, that's all the time we have, everybody. <laughs> Thanks so much, Patrick, for joining us. Very good discussion. I, 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 how about this? I, I I knew I would be okay on this podcast because my true specialty is giving really bad advice that once you hear it, you're like, oh shit, anything I do will be better than what Rothfuss suggested. Hey, watch uh, out! There's only enough room for one of us in this town. <laughs> <laughs> and so. You know, I I still remember when my older boy, when he was, you know, maybe 18 months, which, again, is this golden time because they're just full of joy and wonder and love. And I came home from working on book two and I see him sitting on the floor like naked, just like this pink, pudgy, like, like ball of of raw joy and he's found a plastic hanger and he's moving it. You know, he's like, he's like using it and he's hitting the floor and he looks up at me and he's like, and he, and he moves this hanger and he's like, he's looking at me thinking, holy man, dad, did you know that you could like move a hanger? You know, and he's full of joy and excitement over like just banging a hanger around. And I'm like, I am missing this, mm-hmm. you know? And like, for the rest of my life, I will regret putting in these 16-hour days to try to get book two done because my child was here having this, like, uh, and I'm never going to get this back. I'm never going to get another chance. Um, and, and like, I will, I'll feel bad about it forever. Now, that's not to say that I didn't get some good times and I didn't spend time, but I tell you, nobody on their deathbed thinks – Boy, I wish I would have spent more time at work. Sure, although uh, book book two is real good. <laughs> it is pretty good. It turned out pretty good. I, <laughs> I guess. I guess. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. You know, everybody always says that about no one on their deathbed. I bet there was one guy who had like just the sickest job that it was. He was like, <laughs> he was just like the captain of parties or something. He was like, I wish I'd spend more time at work. I hated my house. The guy who invented like the showbiz pizza company is just gonna be like, nice, did it, <laughs> crushed it. Well, but what uh, if there's people on their deathbed who think, think, tag, I wish Roth had finished book three. Would have loved to tuck into that bad boy. <laughs> Now that that I actually believe, uh, uh, yeah. The but no, the the I think the important thing, and actually I was talking to Sanderson. Sanderson's way better at this, not only because he writes eighteen times faster than I do. Um, but we were talking, and he's like, "Yep." He goes, "And and how's this for gross?" He says, "He says, yep." He goes, "I keep it to ten hours of writing a day." He goes, ten hours, and I." I promise myself that I stop and I go home and then I spend time with my family. I'm <laughs> like, you know, 10 hours of writing in a row. It's like, ah, you know, I, I put a lid on it there. And then after the kids are in bed, I can always come back and write more. Makes it sound so easy. It's it's weird because it doesn't – there's not a I, – I, I'll be like completely frank about this as long as we're just getting into it. Um, the first year that my daughter was alive, I was really 
bad at this. I mean, I, I, things had really started to pick up with the show and I suddenly had a full plate. I mean, it was like full, you would think that that's like horse apples considering what I do for a living, but like the, the stuff got busy and the, and the, the thought I would have, uh, a lot of the time is, well, she's with people who are caring for her. So she's fine. And the crappy thing about finding balance like that is you, they like, they will spend time with somebody like there, there will be people to fill the gap there. If you're not like there putting in the hours and actually like investing the, the time into it. And like they, I think one of the last realizations you have in in the process of maturing into a full blown adult is that the the time that you do have is is precious and like that was it actually took me i think a year after charlie was born to really like absorb that lesson and really and really um make that a part of my my day-to-day existence and i still don't think i'm great at it i i i get to the end of a lot of days thinking that i haven't done either particularly uh well but i don't guess that's not particularly helpful advice well you know it's and i'll i'll chime in there as well for me it's bad enough if you work too long um and you don't get in then you don't get home and you only get you know to spend two hours i remember at one point just to maybe make you feel better about yourself i remember at one point saying like resolving to myself that i would spend at least two hours a day with my kid and of course, that resolution by itself is an extraordinarily like sad thing because it implies that I was not spending two hours a day with my kid, which is ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be one thing if we were starving to death and I was a coal miner, but you know, different things shake you in different ways, and it's kind of a shame. A lot of ways you don't learn how to do something right until you screw it up, um, or until you see somebody else screw it up, and that's. I feel the the service I provide to the entire world is screwing things up very visibly (laughs) so other people can learn from my mistakes. You're a real hero. I've always said that about you. I I was going to – it was one of my first San Diego Comic-Cons and I went and it's a long con and there's a day of travel on either side. And I'd spent other trips away but they were much shorter. I get on the phone. And I hear him in his tiny piping voice, and he's just started to talk. And he goes, Daddy. And I go, hey, sweet baby, how are you? And he goes, Daddy, Daddy, hold you in my arms. Oh, out. Now, see, the only I would do I would I would pull a move like that if I was a child, but again, only to get some like guilt Nintendo 64 games <laughs> out of it upon my father's return. When he said, Hold you in my arms. I knew he was expressing that to me, but it wasn't his own phrase. I knew that phrase came from Corduroy, the book, the kid's book, because, you know, the the Corduroy is looking for an owner. He's trying to find his button and the little girl picks him up and, you know, and holds Corduroy in her arms. And so he was thinking of that book and somebody bigger holding him and taking him to a place. And it wasn't that I felt he was ripping something else off. It's that I knew the context for this little phrase he was using. So yeah, I guess that's kind of the overarching thing is it's kind of get in there and do it and know that you'll goof it up and it's okay. 
and you'll get better at it. Be smart. Um, and it's like a muscle, you know, you will not be the most patient in the world, parent in the world at first, but if you don't practice being patient, you're not going to get better at it. See, this is why I got to have a second one. Cause I would love to get it right. I mean, just like, <laughs> really, get it, just you really like, think you could stick the second. I, just, stick I the feel landing. like I could really crush it with a sec. The first one's like, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, look idiot. at what our parents did. Yeah. Well, yeah. Home, took them, well, took them, took them three. <laughs> <laughs> Took him three to really nail it. But I, but uh, as long as we can all agree that the second is better than the first, <laughs> I think. Well, in we a lot all... of ways, you can you can overcorrect on the second one. <laughs> sure, right, Patrick. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, thank you so much. I will. I will say I've had a ton of fun. I can talk about being a parent for days, but you know, if I, I, I feel like I've kind of betrayed some of the 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 underlying, you know, the the brand of the podcast here. I would love to come back at some point. And talk about like some stuff that I'm really bad at and give Great. bad advice. Great. Oh, what, sure. what, what would those areas of unexpertise look like? What are we dating? Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe uh, I could give some really bad dating advice. Uh, pretty much anything socially interacting with other human beings. Oh, shit, me. dude. You're going to be a total fit in on this podcast. Yeah, you're gonna it's going to be perfect. <laughs> um, Patrick, obviously, uh, sometimes when we ask guests on the show, where can people find your work? Like, for you, the answer is, like, bookstores and Amazon. Uh, you also have a, a, a podcast, I don't think we've talked about it, called uh, Unattended Consequences that you do with uh, Max Timken from yeah. uh, Cards Against Humanity. Uh, any, anything else that uh, people can, can find that you do on, on internet? Um, one big thing that I do is it's sort of, you know, on again, off again. I run a charity called World Builders. Um, we raise money for various charitable causes, primarily Heifer International, um, but also a, you know, a charity called First Book, which gets books into the hands of little kids who have maybe never owned a book in their life. Um, or we did some stuff for the Syrian refugees. Um, World Builders. You know, we do a bunch of different stuff. You can find them on worldbuilders.org. We've raised, I think, maybe $5 million for various charities over the last couple of years. Wow. Uh, we rally geeks who want to make the world a better place, and we we help make that happen, and we sell cool merch and give away books and games and stuff. So Cool. Great. Uh, so, yeah, Patrick, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for doing the show. Thank you for uh, maybe... Once in 311 episodes offering some real sincere good advice. Uh, much appreciated. <laughs> Yo, thanks so much. Thanks for, for breaking me, the streak. Thanks for, thanks for putting up with me. This has been such a treat. Let's wrap up here real quick. Yeah. Um, some things we need to talk about. We are doing live shows in Boston this next weekend. Uh, live Adventure Zone and Live Mabim Bam. We need questions, uh, both if you're going to be in the audience in, in Boston and want to ask advice. Uh, send, that, send that into what's our email address even? Nobody's quite sure, huh? mbmbam at maximumfun.org tricky to remember huh uh could also use some yahoos so i need my yahoo soldiers to come out in full force again uh we're doing a monikers expansion go to mcelroycollection.com uh we're doing a pre-order for 30 days you can get the the expansion for 10 bucks or a collection with the expansion and the base game for 35 
Uh, again, McElroyCollection.com. I want to say, uh, if you're looking for other shows to check out, check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. There's a ton on there that you're going to like. Uh, we also do a couple shows that uh, are a little more independent. One of my favorite podcasts in the world that I look forward to and listen to every week, even if I don't have time for anything else, I make time for it, is Rose Buddies with Griffin and Rachel, where oh, they watch you. and recap The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. It is no joke. One of my favorite things that exists in the world right now. So I encourage everyone to check it out. Uh, I also do a show with my friend Tybee called Interrobang, where we talk about the things in the world that are frustrating us and frustrating you. Every fifth episode is an audience uh, submitted topics episode, and we just did one. And, you know, there's a lot of frustrating stuff going on in the world right now, and we're just trying to build kind of a safe place for discussion in podcast form. So check that out called Interrobang. And also, you guys have put out a new episode of uh, The Monster Factory recently that I thoroughly enjoyed. And I want everyone to go check that out, too. Griffin and, and Justin do uh, probably the funniest thing on the internet called Monster Factory on YouTube through their website Polygon, where they create just the most abhorrent characters through character creation engines in video games. And it's pretty much everyone's favorite thing on the internet. So go check that out. Uh, thank you, Travis. Uh, thanks again to Patrick Rothfuss for, for being our guest this week. Uh, and thanks to John Roderick and the Long Winters for these for our theme song instead of Partridge off the album Putting the Days to Bed. It's a wonderful album. You can find it wherever albums are sold. Um, is that it? Oh, 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 oh! We're gonna oh. be at Max. We're gonna be at Max FunCon East. If you oh, haven't yeah. picked up your tickets yet, go get those. We want to see you there. We want to hang out with you in the scary, shining hotel in the Poconos Mountains. You get to hang out with like all the Magroys and I think the Smurls as well. It's going to be a crazy fun time hanging out in the mountains. Come see us hang out. It's going to be great. We really want you there. Um, I think you can go to maxfuncon.com for all the information. Well, I, yep. we should make it clear. We're doing not in Bim Bam. We're doing Adventure Zone there. So, Yep. Come hang uh, out. Last Yahoo time. This one was sent in by Zoe Kinski, riding high. Zoe Kinski, thank you, Zoe. It's by Yahoo Answers user RG778SX. Who asks? How many people agree that Smash Mouth at the end of Rat Race was a crummy way to end a classic comedy? Why are Justin McElroy? I I'm Griffin McElroy. This is from my brother, my brother. May kiss your dad score on the lips. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. New to Maximum Fun, the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The number one podcast for those involved or just interested in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. All sponsored by Grazex, the latest grass replacement pellet from Mitchell's. If it's not Mitchell's, get back in the truck. Find us at MaximumFun.org or on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. And if it's not clear, this is a comedy podcast. Beef out. Mm-hmm.